1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
2: Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by Sup China. Each week, we bring you a roundup on the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Cynical podcast. Edition is out this week. First, a look at the week's big news. Social networking giant Twitter held its first-ever client event in China last week to expand its footprint in the country. Despite having their main sites blocked in China, Twitter and rivals like Google and Facebook see potential in the market by selling advertising to Chinese companies looking to reach global users. While Google and Facebook currently have sales offices on the Chinese mainland, Twitter has chosen to do business in Greater China from Hong Kong and its regional headquarters in Singapore. More than 500 company representatives attended the meeting in Beijing, aimed at teaching potential advertisers how to boost their brands to Twitter users, the company said. A resurgent and refocused Baidu was the big winner among China's top internet companies in the first quarter of the year, while an overinflated Weibo moved to the bottom of investors' lists as its red-hot growth showed signs of cooling. Baidu, operator of China's leading search engine, saw its profit nearly quadruple in the first three months of the year as the company bounced back from a difficult two years. That marked the best performance among Baidu, e-commerce giants Alibaba Group and JD.com, and social networking leaders Tencent and Weibo. At the other end of the spectrum, Weibo, China's equivalent of Twitter, emerged as the clear loser in the latest earnings season. The company's profit merely doubled in the first three months of the year, marking a major slowdown from the more than six-fold rise of a year earlier. Of course, Baidu's big bounce after earnings disappeared pretty quickly when at the end of the week they announced that Xi Lu, the company's COO, chief operating officer, who was hired just a year ago and was leading Baidu's AI charge, will be stepping down from day-to-day leadership because he won't be able to work in China full-time due to personal and family reasons. Baidu's stock prices plummeted on that news and some resulting downgrades. China launched its first privately developed rocket last week, the latest step in the country's ambitious space exploration program. The launch marks the first time a non-state Chinese rocket has successfully entered orbit. The Chongqing Liangjiang Star rocket, developed by One Space Technology, a Beijing-based private firm, is powered by a solid fuel engine, and the craft can place a 220-pound load into orbit. The company expects 10 missions for carrier rockets in 2019. Around 62% of Chinese use ride-hailing platforms, compared with 23% in the U.S. and 29% in Germany, a new report showed. Chinese consumers' readiness to adopt technology has helped make the country the world's largest ride-hailing market, which has grown fourfold over the last three years, according to Bain and company. Part of that explosive growth is due to the popularity of mobile payments, Consumers in China make 60 times as many mobile payments as their counterparts in the US. Although China's ride hailing industry has grown increasingly saturated, with Didi Chuxing controlling more than 80% of the market, the consultancy believes others have an opportunity to come in. An education official seen tucking into an endangered animal in viral photos last year has been sentenced to 10 years in prison for unrelated corruption charges. Li Ning gained minor infamy when photos surfaced showing him preparing to feast on a pangolin at a banquet. The pangolin, also known as a scaly anteater, is the world's most trafficked mammal. But Li's recent sentencing was unrelated to the meal. Li was arrested in 2016 for allegedly taking $600,000 from six publishers to recommend their textbooks to schools from 2011 to 2013, when he headed the curriculum and textbook unit under a regional education department. He was found guilty of corruption by a Guangxi court last week. Is freedom worth more than $45 a day? Chinese courts don't think so. The country's top judicial authorities have raised the amount of compensation given to people who are wrongly imprisoned, but the amount still falls short of what legal experts argue is adequate courts at all levels are now required to pay 285 yuan, or $45, per day for those unjustly imprisoned, an increase of 26 yuan per day. The amount is based on the average daily wage for urban workers in China's non-private sector. Last year, workers in this sector earned an average of just over 74,000 yuan annually, or 285 yuan a day, according to China's National Bureau of Statistics. But the paltry amount has long been criticized by legal professionals and is seen as being too little to deter miscarriages of justice, mostly by police. Let's turn now as we do each week to some of Tyson Global's reporters and editors for a deeper dive into the week's top stories. First up this week is Fran Wong economics reporter with Caixin Global. Fran, let's do an update this week into Beijing's ongoing push to regulate wealth management products. And uh, maybe you could tell us quickly what is meant by a wealth management product.
1: Wealth management products are a popular financial product offered usually by Chinese banks as an alternative to conventional deposits Because they often provide higher interest rates and also banks tend to provide implicit guarantee of repayment.
2: Great. So what's the news then? Why are these wealth management products back in the news this week?
1: The news is that fewer than 100 new wealth management products were sold in the three days following the release by the Chinese government of uh, new rules governing the country's $16 trillion asset management industry. And that contrasts with the several hundred products such products issued daily before the publication of the rules.
2: So the, the new rules have clearly had some impact, Fran. Uh, can you tell us what specifically the new regulations had aimed to do?
1: Um, Okay, actually, the industry has been waiting for the uh, publication of the final version of the rules for months after a draft was released for public comments in November. And uh, on April the 27th, the People's Bank of China, the China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission and the China Securities Regulatory Commission jointly Uh, published the final version of the guidelines. And the rules are aimed at breaking an implicit guarantee of repayment that has fueled risk taking and built a culture of complacency and expectation of being bailed out among investors. They are also aimed at reining in the expansion of the shadow banking system
2: so they're prohibiting these implicit guarantees and returns, which makes sense. Uh, uh, but, but does this make these products safer, or uh, do they, in a sense, become even more risky in the absence of guaranteed r- returns?
1: For investors, yes. But they're not necessarily making the products more risky. Well, I think the rules intends to prepare investors to get ready mentally to take on the losses on their investment instead of always expecting bailout by banks. So ultimately, it's implicit guarantee payment by the government.
2: And is this then one piece of a broader effort to regulate the financial services industry in China? Uh, And what's the the bigger context? Um, what, What are they ultimately aiming at doing?
1: It is part of the government's broader campaign to bring down the leverage ratio of the financial industry, as well as the debt level of the economy.
2: Well, thanks very much, Fran. And we will be talking to you again soon, I hope. Next up is Doug Young, Managing Editor of Tyson Global. Doug, you've got a couple of stories for us this week. Uh, Let's start with Lenovo. They've been in the news quite a bit in recent days. What's up with them?
0: Yeah, the, the, the woes never seem to end for Lenovo. Uh, the, the company is doing miserably in terms of their, their business. But then on, on top of all that, now they've apparently been branded a trader. This was a big story in the news. Um, it really sort of shows how the, the, the trade tensions are, are getting a little rough in China. And also it reflects the fact that China does tend to politicize everything, uh, you know, including business. So so the story with this particular thing really was pretty simple. Uh, it goes back to a meeting that occurred in 2016, and apparently some discussion, uh, you, I don't know how familiar you are with 5G, that's going to be the next wave of telecommunications technology. And it's a hugely complex thing and, and all sorts of efforts are being made to set a global standard for this thing. And it's a very piecemeal kind of thing. You know, perhaps this company will provide some of the technology for this particular kind of data transmission. Maybe this company will provide something else. And there was a meeting going on in 2016 where, I guess, uh, people were voting on a U.S.-backed technology versus a China-backed one. Uh, the China-backed one happened to be coming from Huawei, and it seems that Lenovo at that time voted for the U.S. technology, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, over the past week Somebody who I'm I'm not real sure uh, has dredged this thing back up and and started branding Lenovo as a traitor for not supporting Huawei and homegrown China technology back then. The timing seems significant. Uh, why is this happening right now? In your reckoning, the why now question seems to be you know all these trade tensions that are happening now, and you know you're always going to get your your nationalists out there saying you know. China this, China that, and and the whole case with Huawei rivals that ZTE has been in the headlines lately, sort of showing how China really doesn't have this great technological capability. So here, suddenly, someone's saying, "Ooh, look, Lenovo had a chance to make us
2: stronger technologically, and they sold us out. So what's been the fallout? Has Have companies like Huawei reacted to this? And, and uh, what has Lenovo actually said in its own defense?
0: Well, Huawei hasn't said anything, but uh, Lenovo's chairman, mm-hmm. the founder, a guy named Liu chuan who's very respected in the China tech community, came out with this quite exasperated letter, you know, saying, how can you call us a traitor? And people have actually come to his defense. The People's Daily actually published an editorial that was, saying, you know, don't forget Lenovo has been, you know, one of China's earliest tech champions. And, you know, after 30 years of accomplishments, they shouldn't be blamed for one thing that happened. Rational heads are probably prevailing. But I think the, the whole trade tensions are probably giving these sort of protectionists, whatever
2: nationalists, more voice than they might normally have. Let's move now to a company that has maybe some brighter days ahead. One that I should say I frequently patronize when I'm in China. What's this next story?
0: Yeah, the next story, yeah,
2: you're right, is is definitely not not
0: Lenovo. This is a Heidi Lao, which is a real mainstream family restaurant. You know, they're definitely a step above McDonald's. you know, maybe like a cheesecake factory or something like that. Apparently China's biggest restaurant chain. They've just made their first filing for an IPO in Hong Kong, which people've been sort of waiting for. And it's it's a huge consumer name. They they make hot pot, which is very Chinese. You know, you get lots of raw meat and vegetables and everybody can sort of sit around the table and around this big steaming pot and just dump stuff in and you pull it out of the pot. So it's like a very cultural thing uh, the Chinese are quite into it and Reuters had reported earlier that they were going to raise about 600 to 700 million.
2: So Doug, what's Heidi Lau going to do with his 700 million um or potentially even more for, from this capital raise? Yeah, that's that's
0: actually the interesting question here because uh if you look at the prospectus, they apparently have uh, announced a a really big expansion. Uh they they currently have Around 200 some stores, like 250, 260, can't remember the exact number, but somewhere around there. Uh, and they basically, it looks like they want to double that number this year. You know, this could be could be a company to watch. Maybe the you know China's first restaurant brand to to really go global.
2: Well, I, I know that a branch just opened downstairs from you guys at Tsai Xian in, in Sanlitun. There, uh, are you guys going to make that a regular lunch spot? Oh, yeah.
0: They, they actually
2: did just open a, a shop down here. That was, uh, the apparently a
0: relocation of another shop that's very close to where I live. Yeah. I imagine we'll be going down there from time to time, uh, for, for company stuff. Like I said, it's a place where groups can go and hang out because it's, it's a very group oriented thing. You, you know, you all sit around the table and chat and have the spicy hot pot and stuff. So yes, I, I imagine we'll be doing one or two uh, welcoming dinners and farewell dinners and, and stuff like that, especially since
2: it's so close. Well, it's a date then, my next visit to Beijing, the, the whole Tyson gang, I hope. All right. Thanks, Kaiser. Thank you, Doug. And that's this week's show. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is powered by Sup China and is produced by Kaiser Guo and Tanner Brown with stories from the staff of Tyson Global. Special thanks this week the Lee Sing of Tsai Global and of course to Spring and Autumn and Wu Fei for the music check out the latest podcast in Sinica Network the Pan Daily Tech Buzz China podcast as well as our flagship current affairs show and be sure to follow the news from China every day at SupChina sign up for our free email newsletter at SupChina.com take care